the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. We are now getting ready to start the third base preview, and Andrew and I on this episode are going to touch on third basemen ranked between 1 and 17 in the NFBC ADP rankings. And then after that, and here in a couple days, we're going to be back, and we're going to touch on everybody after that through the rest of the position. So I hope you all enjoy. All right, Andrew, we're going to talk about the third base position today and just starting off, what's your favorite build? Like what, as you're building, making your teams, what's your favorite build with this position so far looked like? I feel like in most of my drafts so far, actually, I've taken an early one. Um, I like, I like getting a solid guy that I can kind of lean on and there's, um, there's one or two later ones that I like too, so but I don't necessarily want to wait all the way till those later ones to fill the third base slot. So I think you can attack it a lot of different ways. There's quite a few guys it's pretty deep, but the studs are the studs, you know, kind of like any position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely found myself all over the place with this. I don't think I've got this like one set thing with it. I think I've taken a lot of the the like middle range guys the back end of the top hundred i feel like i've just seen a few of them fall enough that i keep grabbing them i think that's my thing and we'll talk about those guys as we get going but i think that's kind of been my my most common way of going at it i do i do think it's deeper than it's been in the past at least couple of years i remember like the last few years just feeling like the drop-off was a lot sooner and there's still drop-off kind of, but I, I feel like it's, there's more guys in that upper tier than there has been in the past. Yeah. At least recent, at least in the recent past. Yes. I definitely remember you talking a couple of years ago where it felt like you were more in on Jose Ramirez because of the fact that so many of the other guys just did not look good at their prices or you just weren't a fan. So you ended up, you were, even more aggressive on him in the first round, it felt like at that time. So let's just go on and talk about that guy first. Jose Ramirez is still at the top. I wonder how many years he's had the top ADP amongst third basemen. It feels like it's got to be three or four now. I don't. I can. Can you remember any in the last couple years that have been there with him? Yeah, it sounds sounds right. I mean, it's 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 always hard for me. Like the years kind of start getting bunched together when you start thinking back, but. Yeah, it definitely feels like he's been either number one or number two for quite a while. I'm trying to think of who would have been the last one. Like there was a couple. There was a couple years ago where Machado was going on the wheel, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember. I think that was probably a year that J Ram was going at the top, but yeah, yeah, it's probably the closest one I can remember the last few years. My guess is Arenado in Colorado. I don't know yeah. if that's it, but that that's the most recent one I can think of because I'm trying to think of people at other positions that maybe have moved since then, and even that doesn't bring, ring a bell for anybody. So anyways, Jose Ramirez, you know, the first half of 2019, 
stuck in my head for a year or two. That was when he hit 218 with seven homers in like the first 85 games. And I think he had a bad second half before that first half to where it was like a year of bad production. But the guy's consistently been a stud now for the past four seasons. A word I'd put for Ramirez at this point is safe. What are your thoughts on that word? Yeah, pretty much. I really like him. Uh, I think my favorite thing about Jose Ramirez, really, like just for fantasy, is how much of a stolen base edge he gives you at third base, which is a position that most players aren't stealing bases. Here's the list of guys last season that stole 15 bases and qualify at third this year. I'm going to read them off. Mm Mm-hmm. Hassan Kim, who obviously breakout only happened once. Ellie De La Cruz, Willie Castro, Jose Ramirez, Michael Garcia, Taylor Walls, John Birdie, Zach McKinstry, Chris Taylor, Jace Peterson, and Spencer Steer. So most of those guys were not drafting or drafting, you know, at least half of them, late in draft and holds, stuff like that. Um, And the other ones, besides Jose Ramirez, were not really drafting near the top other than Ellie. So all that to say, it's it's a pretty big edge. I mean, yeah, those other guys that do it, they're not really giving you anything else. That's why they're not being drafted high. So, yeah, I just think it's a – Real nice baseline across the board at the position and um, something that you really can't replicate later on. So, yeah, still a stud. I mean, he's not going – he's going more this season, obviously, at late in the first round than he than the beginning of the first round. But that, I think that's more to other guys jumping up than him falling down. Yeah. Plenty of power, plenty of counting stats. He's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So a him or him game, just real quick, running through some other first-round guys. Uh, Freddie Freeman, who are you taking? Uh, pretty close. Call it uh, Probably Freeman, but it's close. Because Jose Ramirez has an ADP of 14, so I'm starting at 9 there with Freeman, and I do agree. That one's pretty close. Uh, Juan Soto? Soto. Trey? I think I already know that answer from yeah, last week. Uh, that one's Jose, right? Yeah, I would take Ramirez, yeah. What about Aaron Judge? Uh, pretty close. I, I think I'd probably take Ramirez, but I think it's close. I agree. Um, one pitcher is in this chunk, and that's Garrett Cole. I would take Cole. I think I would too. Uh, Otani. Ramirez. Agreed. Bryce Harper. Yeah. Now, uh, that now I'm that your heartstrings. That one's probably the closest to me. Out of all of them, I think they're like back to back. Yeah, I'm probably going Ramirez, but I I get it if anybody takes Harper, and then yeah. So yeah, I it it looks like you still have you have him right around four like twelve to fourteen. Yeah, also. yeah, close in there, maybe like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything you want to add on him before I move on? No, I think I mean it's it's pretty self explanatory. You know, everybody yep. kind of knows so. All right, I'm going to bunch three guys together here. One of them was Ellie De La Cruz, who's in the middle of this, and we already covered him on the Shortstop Podcast. His ADP is 23, 
and he's sandwiched right in between two other third basemen. That would be Austin Riley at 20 overall and Rafael Devers at 24. And, you know, as I looked at Riley and Devers, to me personally, they feel like the same person. With Riley, it's three years in a row of consistent performance. Feels like another guy who you can staple in production for, a 280 hitter with home run total in the 30s and a bunch of runs in RBI. And then there's Devers, who he's hit between 270 and 295 each of the last three years with an average of 33 home runs per season during that run. So do you agree that, I mean, to me, they both feel like the same guy. Do you have, do you have any take on them that puts one over the other? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much the same guy. I think Riley might have a little higher ceiling in home runs and counting stats, especially counting stats, just because of the Braves lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously Boston's lineup is good, but it's not the Braves lineup. So, yeah, I like Riley more, but I've drafted both actually, and would again. Um, they're they're very similar. I mean, they're even their slash lines for their career. They're almost identical. So yeah, Devers chases a little more than you'd like, and it's something to keep an eye on. But yeah, they're they're pretty similar. Both going to give you four categories: strong, you know, batting average and power, with the counting stats. Right. I feel like Riley though. It's like next level upside with specifically RBI. I just feel like. God, he could have 140. I mean, who knows? You know, it's it's kind of crazy to think about that. But yeah, they're they're both. Uh, everybody knows about them. They're both studs. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. With where was Riley hitting in that lineup most of last year? Because he scored 117 run runs, but only had 97 RBI. Was he in that two hole? He was would... in three. He was third, I think, third or fourth. Yeah, that is surprising to see that. All things considered, I, I would have, I would have guessed that would have been opposite. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure most of the most of the year, I'm pulling it. Yeah, hundred six hundred and three at bats, or six hundred seventy-seven plate appearances in the third, hitting third. Yeah, 30, 34 hitting cleanup. So yeah, pretty much all year hitting third. Okay. It, um, I mean, Olson Olson was hitting two a lot and driving in, the, you know, homers and then nobody's on base. So that is maybe true. That cut down like, that cut down on the RBI. Didn't Olson have like fifty plus homers? I think I heard that on a podcast this week, and I was like, wait, did he hit fifty? And I was had yeah was driving fifty. Home. I think fifty four. Jeez, we just yeah. covered first base a couple weeks ago, and that one slipped my mind that it was that high. Yeah. All right, next up is Gunnar Henderson. We touched on him on the shortstop podcast. He has a 33 overall ADP. And then we move 20 more picks before the next guy, and that is Royce Lewis at 53 overall. This is another guy with a lot of opinions in a lot of different directions. Royce has been injured so many times on his way up through the minors, and he finally made it to the bigs at, like, like I should say, he I think he got a sample in 2022, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played. Uh, he played a few games. It wasn't a ton. Torres ACL was gone. Finally made it. I think it was an ACL, if I recall. Wasn't? Am I right on that? Forty forty one, or no? I'm sorry. Twelve games in 2022. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. I think you're right, but not not a hundred percent. I'm bad with remembering exactly what injuries mm-hmm. were unless. 
unless I'm like directly tied to it for some reason. Yeah, if you own them, it's a little easier to remember. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, he finally made it back to the bigs at the end of last season, getting 58 games in, and he hit 309 with 15 homers, 6 steals, 36 runs, and 52 RBI in 58 games. I think he hit a grand slam every other game that season, too. Um, he had a WRC plus of 155 and a 921 OPS. Insane production. And if this guy could stay healthy, he could be a steal here. But his injury history is pretty rough. And, you know, I know you and I were, weren't were thrilled when we were seeing him go in the third round in terms of, like, at that price. But um, this is the middle of the fourth. It's, it feels like it's gone down a little bit. Can you stomach that? Yeah, I mean, I, I could stomach it. I, I don't think it's somebody that I'm going to have in a lot of redraft leagues. Uh, everything pretty much looks good. I mean, he's only, he's played 70 career games in the majors, hit 307 with uh, 17 homers, and I believe it's six steals. Obviously really athletic. I, the health is kind of like the elephant in the room here, you know? So mostly, I, I really, with him, I, I kind of just want to see him get through a season. Uh, there's just been a lot of questions with that. I think he could, and I definitely think he can beat this ADP if he does. But it just doesn't stick out to me a ton as like a screaming value or anything, you know. But if he stays healthy all year, then he definitely could be. I mean, he's talented enough, provi- could provide, you know, steals and obviously power and average. So, yeah, I, I like him as a player. Um but it just it isn't cheap, you know, and injuries. So I'm kind of like meh on it for redraft. I probably won't have too many shares of him in redraft. Yeah, though what you know, he everything lines up. He could be a star player, 25, 30 homers, maybe even more, fit 10 to 15 steals, 270 average. It's all about health, and I don't think I have a problem if someone else wants to take him here. Like I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna nod. But it's, I don't think it's still for me. This is a position I think I'd rather wait more on in general anyways. Like, I think that's why I haven't taken the other guys before him either. The Riley and Devers, Ellie, I haven't. And I've just, I think the next group have been guys I've been more in on. So I get it. If he stays healthy and he plays 135, 140 games, he could be an absolute monster. But yeah, I think I, I think I'm like you. I want to see him stay healthy probably for a year or two before I'm ready to pay that price. Yeah, I I mean he hasn't even played a full season. Ascent, you know, essentially a full season in five years. So, I mean, it's just yeah. I just want to see it, but I think he could do it. it just kind of prove it to me, and then I, I could even see myself being in at like an elevated cost next season if he does it. So it will be an elevated cost from this, that's for sure. Um, all right. Next up is Manny Machado at seventy-three overall. I've seen a lot of people off of Machado for the elbow cleanup surgery he had last offseason. Reports he might DH to start the year. I don't hear people questioning whether he can be on the field and hitting immediately, though. So. If he's DHing and performing like usual, this could be a value pick, but if he's still hurt and misses time or isn't playing well, might not be. What are your thoughts on Machado? Yeah, I think I think it could definitely be a value pick. Um, there's a few little things 
like walk rate dipped below 9% for the first time since 2017. Uh, 114 WRC plus lowest since 2019. Uh, just just little things, you know, but it's still Manny Machado. He's still going to be productive. And the cost is lower. Did you say his ADP was 73? So like late fifth. I've seen him go in the sixth. I took him in the seventh in the um, draft, I think. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't think it's one where, I always kind of look at it like I've mentioned before in ranges and it's like if a value here is him performing like a third or fourth rounder or even a second rounder, what is like the bad version of Manny Machado if he's healthy? I mean, even if it's like a eighth rounder, it's not like you're losing the league on this pick. So yeah, I don't I don't mind it. I the the stolen bases are one thing where they were kind of a thing of the last couple of years, but they've just been kind of going away. So I don't know how much of that I would expect anymore from him. Uh, 12 in 2021, nine and then three last year. And I believe he only even attempted like, I think it was five total. So yeah, he's gone from attempting 15 to 10 to five in a league where steals are up. So yeah, I just wouldn't expect that, but um should help out in four categories for the most part as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Even with that down year like his low WRC plus, I I chalked that out the window this year just because of the fact that he had the elbow injury. Even with the poor like down year, he still got it through and gave owner, owners who took him 30 homers and 91 RBI. And yeah, there's risk he isn't fully back at the beginning of the year. But I don't know if I'm too worried about that from an offensive standpoint, given he there's pretty much everybody sounds like he's starting the year at DH. But I don't know. I, I also don't know much about his elbow cleanup s- surgery, and if that's something that can limit offensive production. You know, the Tommy John surgery is something that I'm definitely being more mindful of with hitters just because I saw the power be slow to come back. But if this surgery is something, cleanup is something that shouldn't affect his power from the get-go, then... Yeah, I'm in on him, but um, on that same note, I've seen I just keep seeing him fall below that 53 for me, and I I think that might be part of why I'm grabbing him is it's even cheaper. So, yeah. What do you? When did he have the surgery? Did you say? I want to say it was the beginning of the off season. One second, and I'll pull up my oh okay team where I have him. And I yeah, he played he out. played uh he played 33 games at DH too. So yes, I'm at just, the end. Of I the wonder, year. and they. They haven't penciled in their roster resource. I wonder if uh, he slowly starts transitioning to being a DH. I'm, but, I don't yeah, think we're there yet with him. I think this is more of a he was having an elbow issue, got it cleaned up, and they'll have him back out there. I mean, I don't know for sure. Um, the surgery was in early October, pretty much right after the season ended. He had it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying we're there. It's just he's – He'll be 32 soon, and that's – without looking, that's probably the most games he's played at DH in his career. I mean, when they get older, this is kind of what happens. So, nope. But, yeah, I, I don't worry about that specifically for this season. I just more mean like into the future. And I think that that's a team that doesn't have – who's their first baseman projected? Isn't it Cronenworth or something? Yeah, Cronenworth. I'm They've got a thinking... – 
it's they've got Matthew Batten showing at third base. They could kind of easily comic. move things around and have Cronenworth playing second, Kim playing third, and Machado over there at first base if they decided they want to start that transition too. But yeah. I don't I don't think we're there yet, but it might not be too far away. Um moving on, we got Haseon Kim, who just mentioned at eighty eight overall. We covered him on the second base podcast. And then we're into another longtime uh, third baseman with Nolan Arenado, whose ADP is 100. Uh, Arenado was an MVP caliber player in 2022, and the production dipped in 23. And the price is as cheap as it's ever been this year as a seventh round player. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I I like Arenado for the most part. Uh, I, just a few things, kind of when you dig in a little bit, but. So his ground ball to fly ball year by year uh, in 2021, 31% ground balls, 32% fly balls. So about even 2022, 30% ground balls, 29% fly balls, about even last year, 39% ground balls, 25% fly balls. So more balls on the ground down in every single hard hit metric from 2022 to 2023, 6% or 6.7% walk rate, which is the lowest in a few years. I'm not sure exactly when the last time he did that, but it's been, it's been a while. Um, So yeah, I, I questioned some things uh, for sure. I mean, back issues now, a little older, I mean, it's it's hard with guys like Machado and Arenado to think that when you're you know when you're taking them in round five, six, seven, eight, it's hard to think that they're gonna kill you. And I still don't think that. I don't think that they're gonna kill you where they're being drafted. Um, I don't know if they'll necessarily be a huge value either, but when you have guys that are just that locked into playing time and not, not having to really worry about a lot of things with that, you know, um, that has a ton of value in and of itself. And I think that they're both that obviously. So I would just be a little aware that, you know, you're not getting Nolan Arenado in capital letters. Like you kind of thought in the past steamer has him for 28 home runs, bad X has him for 23. So I do wonder a little if like, the power with Arenado could could let you down. But, um, yeah, overall, I still think both of these guys, I kind of lump them together because they've just been in the league a while and they're obviously extremely proven players and all of that. But they're both declining a little bit too. So I just think it's something to be aware of, but I don't think that there's reason to, like, panic yet on them or anything. Yeah, it's – they aren't – like, I, I, I'm not ready to say it with Machado in terms of isn't who he was in terms of the offensive production outside of the stolen bases. Arenado isn't the guy he was in Colorado for sure. And I don't think, like, what he did in 2022 is a reasonable... Like, that was an MVP level, but if you looked under the stats, or under the hood a little bit, it didn't look like he would... Like, if it was, it seemed like the best case outcome for him for what he did, for the production to where I don't know if he's that. I think he's closer to what he did this last year, but you give me like 
the team was a wreck, and if they're slightly better offensively around him, they might be right back to being a 100-RBI guy and getting that in the seventh round with an average that typically should be over 250-260. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, good point about the team. The Cardinals, they were just... I feel like if you played out that season a hundred times, that season was probably either 99th or a hundred, a hundred out of a hundred, you know, just, it was so bad. Like everything was just such a mess. So probably better overall. I mean, it can't really be worse as a team for them this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Next up, we got three more names. I'm going to put in here. Josh Young uh, with the Tigers at 101. We got Spencer Steer, who we covered on the first base podcast. He's at 104, and Alex Bregman at 106. So I want to do a young versus Bregman here, him or him, the upstart and young or the veteran Bregman? Uh, just straight up, like in a draft? Yep. I would take Bregman. Interesting. I think I actually took young on this. But I also admit, like, my note said, it, but it's really close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start with Young. He's slightly higher in ADP. Um, he does, like, general projections have him pretty close to Arenado. Um, if you're scared off by Arenado, I think it's fine to just wait on these guys. Go a little bit later. Uh, Young last season, 995 OPS against lefties, 717 OPS against righties. Minor league track record, not that stark, but actually I I think that might have been career that I had jotted down here, uh, which isn't much more than last season. But either way, um, minor league track record. Not quite that stark, but close. So just something to be aware of. He's a lot better against lefties than than righties. Um, but yeah, strong. You know, good prospect. Obviously, pretty locked in now. Uh, projects out as the tenth best third baseman. So I think it's close to fair value. And then with Bregman, I saw. I'm going to give a Rob Silver shout out here. One of my favorite guys in the industry uh, tweeted the other day, Alex Bregman, 2022, he finished as the 63rd overall player. 2023 ADP was 92. 2023, he finishes as the 47th overall player. And 2024, his ADP is 105. So, I think we're all just underrating Alex Bregman. Um, yeah, I mean, super productive, obviously, is really as long as he's been in the league. I think some people fear the power a little bit. I mean, he did have 25 homers on 29 barrels, which is not like, you know, a 29 barrel guy, obviously, isn't a 25 home run guy, typically. But uh, elite batting eye, last two seasons, both years, he's walked more than he struck out. And, you know, obviously he's as locked in as anybody. So, yeah, Bregman's another one, like kind of like Machado and Arenado. He just goes a little bit later. But um, I feel like the production's just inevitable, you know. And 
I, I really do. Like the more I've kind of sat back and thought about it with Bregman, I, I think people just, we've kind of gotten to a place where we hate boring volume and that's kind of what Bregman is, but he's just productive every single year. You know what I mean? He's the epitome of boring volume. I do agree with that. I, I think him and Young are pretty gonna like end the year with pretty close stats. With Young maybe having a couple more homers, but honestly, I think almost everything else is really close. But um, to Bregman, see, I would give I would give Bregman a pretty good edge in runs and RBI specifically. That is fair because of the fact that the team he's on. That is a very fair. Well, I mean, Young's on a good team too, but yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, I, the I, OBP is the main reason for me. But yeah, that, that and that is true. Young uh, definitely like both of those guys swing in opposite directions. If you're talking OBP leagues, by the way, but um, Bregman, I did want to bring up like that's a guy. His barrel rate's terribly small, and but on the same note, that guy has learned how to use his home Minute Maid Park as like he knows how to use that thing to hit homers, like. In terms of all of his home runs, just barely seem to clear that little box over there. And if he's a free agent after this year, just looking ahead, if he was to actually leave Houston and go anywhere else, I would probably knock him down pretty significantly. If he's going anywhere that doesn't have a right or left field porch that's or small. But on the same note, I think other teams will realize that too. And yeah, I think he'll end up back in Houston anyways. But yeah, just a little note on Bregman. He... Like, if you look at it, I I don't remember which podcast I heard it, but I heard a thing basically. Like, if you look at his spray chart for his home runs, they're all right there over the Crawford boxes. So, he knows knows what he's doing. The, um, I think he finished, what do they have? What, where did you say he was the 12th off the board right now? Uh, 12th, yes. Third baseman, number 12. Yeah, so Bad X has him as the 7th. And Steamer has him as the eighth, and last year he finished as the sixth, mm-hmm. and he's going twelfth. So he's pretty good at I staying don't know. healthy. Yeah, yeah. And he compiles. He's a really good compiler during that time. And I, I, that sometimes people hear that word and they think of it as a negative, but he's safe. He's incredibly safe. Yep. There's a huge gap between Bregman and the next third baseman in ADP. That is. Um, Let's see. We what was Bregman just now? Let's say 106, and our next group starts at Noel V. Marte at 160 overall. So real quick, is is this like the biggest drop off ever at I, a position? It shocked me when I saw that. I was like, <laughs> like Oh my god, Alex gosh. Bregman, Alex Bregman to Noel V. Marte. It's just <laughs> wow, that's wild. And looking at this chunk, I understand why. Whenever I'm seeing them, I mean, there's a big gap, but there should be a gap. We got Noel V. Marte at 160. Then we got Jake Berger at 163. Alec Bohm at 163. Cabrian Hayes at 163. And Max Muncy at 170. So they're all lumped here. Who are your top two that you like from this group? Um, I think from this group, I'm probably waiting a little bit within the group at least, but. I would say, like, if I had to pick a couple, I would probably take Muncie and Berger of the group. The power guys. Yeah. Yeah, mostly um, 
I'm kind of like when it gets to here, I want to make sure I, I know I, I feel th- there's value in knowing what you're drafting. And I know what I'm drafting with those guys. I know exactly what I'm drafting with Noelvi. I like him. Um, I think he has a chance to ascend, but this price is also, it's, it's not like it's free either. You know, uh, 820 to 830 OPS at basically every stop in the minors. So pretty consistent really throughout his minor league career. First 35 games in the majors. He was awesome. 120 WRC plus 295 expected batting average. 282 career batting average in the minors. So that's all nice. You know, the and the chance of him or the appeal to him really is the power speed at the position, which is rare, kind of like I was saying with J-Ram. Uh, but the projections don't love him. And I, I do also think that there's a chance if this guy slumps that his job short term isn't completely safe. It's probably safe, but you know what I'm saying. Like they've got enough crowded things with that team, like we've mentioned with the infield, with all kinds of guys that they have. That I just wonder about it a little bit. Like, what if he's not performing at the level that they'd like to see? What do they do there? Um, so I'm kind of like pumping the brakes a little bit on him, but I also do get it because I think that there are probably outcomes where he's going like 22 homers and. 16 steals or something like that, you know, where it's like a really valuable player with a pretty good batting average, which obviously you can see pretty quick how that could um, shoot him way up. So I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Noel V. I just I feel less sure about what I'm getting is the best best way I can put it with him. What do you think of him? I mean, yeah, he's got the potential to be a 15, 15 or 20, 15 or 15, 20 guy, but it is hard to tell at what he is like you're saying i mean yeah i could close my eyes and see him going out and having a 2020 year this year but i also could see him go out there have like a 12 homer 14 steal season or something like that it's just it's hard to project he's he's in his little sample last year in the majors he wasn't elevating the ball much at all he hits the he hits the ball really hard Baseball America gives him like a 55 hit, 60 power, 55 speed on their grades. So he profiles well, but it's just like, what's he doing this year? And I think that's a good point you brought up about the the fact that if he struggles, you know, it's like Baltimore. With Both of them have these huge groups of really talented infielders. And if you're not playing well, you can easily get passed over. Yeah, I, I think it's unlikely that that happens to him, but I'm also just, I don't feel real confident in knowing exactly what I'm getting. So, yeah, it's it's weird one for me with him in redraft. I, I did get him in one early DC, um, and he's, he's exciting for sure. But I, if he's your third baseman, I would just be making sure you had another one, you know, stuff like that, so... This isn't my favorite group, period, I should say. Unless it's an on-base percentage league, and then I'd be in on Max Muncy, but I'm just not a big fan of this group in general when I go through it. It's like talking about Berger. I, I mean, I he has massive power. Those right-handed massive power no-walk guys are hard for me. Makes me think of Hunter Renfro, who I've never once owned. And But I say that Renfro had years of being productive. He played in Comerica 
um, that is um, Berger. He played in Comerica for the White Sox at half the year last year. So now it's he's in Miami, which is not as great of a hitter's environment. But, you know, he still finished with 30 home runs last year. I just, I know he can provide pop. He's not my kind of guy. Uh, Bohm's one that, you know, he will help you in the batting average department. But, you, I mean, I don't know if you're really expecting more than 15 to 18 homers unless he has some sort of skill change. I mean, he hasn't, his barrel rates are not that, typically not that high and then Hayes finally started elevating the ball this last year and it did result in more barrels he had 15 homers and 10 steals best power output put of his career but I don't know I'm just not a I this this chunk doesn't excite me and then there's Muncie who is only one position now he's a drain on the batting average but you know, he is one of those that I if if there's one I think I'd be most likely to take, I think it'd be Muncie even in a batting average league, just because if I've built up a strong enough of a batting average team, you know, he's he can be a monster in the home runs, runs and RBI. That's just my kind of take on this group. What do what do you think of the rest of these guys? Yeah, uh there's I, I feel like every sharp analyst is on Jake Berger this year. I so I've been kind of digging a little bit more, but Fifth highest max EV in the whole league. Yeah. Acuna, Acuna, Stanton, Ellie, Otani, and Jake Berger. So that's uh, that's pretty pretty good company there. It's you know strikes out a lot, doesn't walk. I mean five point nine percent walk rate, tw- over twenty seven percent K rate, but crushes the ball. I mean it's he's kind of one of those classic mashers that probably you know I mean there's probably worlds where Jake Berger hits like forty. Yeah, and that's possible. moves up, moves up from this a little bit, um, or a lot, I guess. But, but uh, yeah, like the the profile with the lack of walks and the strikeouts, I, I feel like he's kind of always going to be walking on eggshells a little bit with with some of that. So I could see Berger going either way, honestly. I I could uh, with Bohm, I definitely won't own Alec Bohm this year. Uh, this is kind of a classic. So with Bohm, it reminds me of the things I've actually been talking to you recently because you're in the um, dynasty startup. But when you hear the things like pressure on the bat, when you play corner, like when you play corner infield, there's more pressure on the bat. Alec Bohm to me is a really good example of this. He was basically an elite prospect. That's 27. And this is kind of what happens when they don't fully develop to an elite player, you know, and Alec Bohm's fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he, he's all right. Like, but that's to me, that's like all he is, is all right. Um, in his career per 162 games, he's averaging under 16 home runs and four stolen bases. 276 batting average, so he'll help you there. Uh, 290 expected batting average each of the last two years. Doesn't walk or strike out a lot. And like I said, he's 27. There's maybe still some room for growth. I mean, I feel like where he finished last year was buoyed a lot by the 97 RBI, Mm -hmm. which that's kind of a stat that you never know if it's going to repeat or not. But 
Yeah, I just I feel like when you're when you take and and even we can extend this to dynasty, like with corner infield prospects. And and some would say Alec Bohm has been successful, you know, because he still has a job and he's he's going to have a job through this season, almost assuredly, unless he's just horrendous. And even then, I he may still, but it's just blah, you know. And that's like all there is to fall back on when you're a corner bat. So I just thought of that because we've had those like recent talks and stuff, and um, just specifically with corner infield guys. Uh, with Hayes, I think he did some good things last year. Adjusted his launch angle, way more balls in the air, 17 to 26% fly ball from 2022 to 2023. I've never been a Hayes guy, so it's been a little difficult for me to adjust to that. Uh, but he should be good in batting average, help chip in some steals. Not my guy probably of this group, but like I get it more than I did. If he continues to grow, then... I mean, he's he's definitely a guy that's going to help batting average and steals. So if the power gets any any better, um, that could be a nice player. So I get that. And then Muncie, like I said, you just know what you're getting with Muncie. You know, it's like, yeah, he's not going to help you in average. OBP league, totally different. He's basically a stud in OBP. Classic power and walks guy. You know, tons of power, tons of walks. Uh, but the difference for me this year with Muncie, aside from just being a year older, is he doesn't have that flexibility. Like the the middle infield, corner infield flex with him was so nice. It's not coming back. Last year, 122 games at third, 10 at DH, zero at the middle infield. So he's strictly corner bat now, if not, you know, turning into a DH at some point. So less appealing there, but the skills are still pretty much the same. So I don't mind him if you like totally whiffed on earlier third baseman. Um, but just know that it's going to probably come with the bad batting average. Yep. It's going to be a bad batting average. So hopefully like if you drafted and you haven't really taken care of that, that might not be the best pick for you. A bone might be if you've got plenty of power, but on the same note, he's beautiful in that on the, with the power on that end. Yeah. I mean like Muncie last season had more runs, more home runs and more RBI than Rafael Davis. In less at bats. Yeah. Well, so many, so many walks in there that the at bats are skewed. But I mean, the, those three categories, you're definitely getting uh, should be pretty nice. But just know that the other two, they're basically zeros. And he's probably not taking first base from Freddie Freeman. He's probably not taking second base from Mookie Betts. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's yeah. over there at third. Yeah, yeah. and he's uh, not taking DH from Shohei Otani. Actually. That's, that's true. That's an interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting element I hadn't even thought of till he's right not going to be a DH only. But yeah, he's not going to be. He won't be that. So, good point. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he stays healthy. That actually might be the the big thing mm-hmm. now is if he's if he's got to play third base every day. How does that affect his health over the course of the year? He's been fine so far, but every year, you know, a little older. What is he? Thirty six. Something know. like that. I want. Oh no, thirty four. Thirty three. Wow. Thirty three. Way off. Way off. He looks yeah. 36, <laughs> but he's still got power. So he's been doing this for a little I've while. I've always, now. I've always kind of liked Muncie. I, I just feel like it's clear as day what you're getting. So yeah, he, he like if it's an OBP league as compared to batting average, he jumps way over this group. Oh yeah, and oh, I yeah. mean he moves way up. Over. He moves yeah. up pushing like I don't, 
I don't know if I'd put him above Bregman because Bregman's also a stud in that. But I mean, you could argue it. Yeah, actually, I I think I would. I think I I would take him above. I'm pretty sure I would take him above some of those guys up there. Yeah, I remember last year I was in. uh, I'm in Tim's 20 team OBP redraft, and I I took Muncie really high. I want to say round four or five. Like because I just did all I ran all the numbers in like OBP and he graded out as like a top 40 hitter or something. I mean, it's, it's totally different. Yeah. yeah it's totally I th- different. I think he goes over Aaron Otto. Aaron Otto's yeah. never been an incredibly strong OBP guy. I mean, now yeah, we're getting I mean, up neither, to Machado. Neither and, one of them's running. And yeah. Yeah. Man, that's yeah, totally different. The rankings at OBP versus average. Cause the thing is, is average Muncie kills you. Yes. And OBP he doesn't at all. If anything, he could maybe even help you. So yeah, it totally flips that category. And yeah, totally different. All right. That's where we're going to cut it off. And Andrew and I will be back in just a couple days. The episode part two, where we talk about the third baseman outside of the top 17 will be released on Monday morning. So go check it out then. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 